Hi, it's Karen from See Me, Hear Me, Love Me. We're the podcast for parents with young children, and we know that life with kids is messy, but we're here to celebrate those messes, from spilled milk to emotions spilling out of little volcanoes. And you know what? We really believe in you. You got this, and you're not alone. I just want you to know a little something about your host. Karen Deerwester is an educator, author, and all-in cheerleader for kids being kids. Karen has been a corporate spokesperson as well as a reasonable and reliable voice for kids and parents in print and on TV, on NBC, MSNBC, NPR, Parents Magazine, and many more. Best of all, Karen leads the parent-child classes right here at Benetar Congregation of Boca Raton, Florida. Get ready for some fun, a ton of encouragement, and maybe a little inspiration. Our topic for today is children's needs, just right expectations. What's fair? What's right? How do we meet each child's needs, respect individual differences, and give each child a sense of responsibility and success, mastering their world age by age, day by day? I have three amazing moms sitting at the square table with me today, Amy Applebaum, Jessica Fleischman, and Dana Gutman. So I'd want you to introduce yourselves and your children and tell us a little bit about your families before we get into the topic of expectations. Dana, do you want to go first? Sure. Um, I have two daughters. Sasha Gutman is three and a half, and I have Ella, who is a year, 13 months. And from the bat, they both have very different personalities. Um, Sasha, as an infant, was very intense, very sensitive, required a lot of reassurance and coddling, and still is like that. And Ella is a lot more easygoing, playful, content, easy to console. So I find I have two very different personalities um, to deal with, but I am actually a different person with each one of them as well. I love that. So I wonder how that affects them. And when my older one observed me with Ella um, and how Ella can sometimes pick up on my tone with Sasha, it's just very different. Perfect. Those are great questions. And it can't be any other way with children who are very, very, very different from one another. And we can't change them. So we can't make Sasha easygoing. It's just never going to happen. She was born that way. She's going to be there at 35 so it's, it, that's who she is, and we will find out how to find the strengths and the skill building with both. Thank you. Jessica? Um, I have a lovely family of... How many? I have three girls. It was three under three, um, but now we're actually three and... Three and under? Three and... Well, three under three. Anyway, um, my oldest one is Ayla. She's like my, my mini Todd, my mini husband. Um, just very her way or the highway. And uh, she knows what she wants. She's very assertive. She is the boss. And, um, of herself. Of herself. And she <laughs> thinks of everyone. But um, And then I have Sienna who, you know, she's got like a little risk taker in her, which is very much my husband. But then she's like the fun, social that's, you know, her mother. And um, and then Juliet is the baby. She's three months, but she's my little rock star. She just was like the piece our family was missing. She's my calm. She, Perfect. You know. So, yeah, Perfect. they're all very different. See, and it's, it's, it's a great, they're great examples because it's also how do we allow them to be individuals but not 
pigeonhole them into a certain kind of um, role or personality so that they have this freedom to break out as well. Mm -hmm. So while we want the peacemakers to be the peacemakers, we also want them to know, you know, sometimes you just have to push the limits too, which she'll do two years from now. So, Amy? I'm Amy Applebaum. I have two children. I have Sloan, who is three and a half going on about 18 years old. And (laughs) I have Evan, who is a rambunctious 20-month-old. Sloan was the easiest child in the world until Evan came into the picture. And she she is still very easy, but she is taking... Her place. She wants to know. She wants everyone to know who she is, and she wants to make it known that what she wants matters. And uh, and Evan kind of has become the child that goes with the flow. You know, and a little bit more. Sloan, when Evan was born, Sloan was only twenty months. So Sloan was months. Evan's age. Yeah, currently. that eighteen to twenty-four months is just my favorite age, but also the most demanding, the most mm-hmm. insistent, and the biggest growth spurt. So yeah, we kind of rocked her world a little bit. We did. Bit. We mm-hmm. did. But she's fun. She she is fine and will be fine and only better. So let's talk about different children, meaning different needs and different expectations. So all of you have more than one child, which we're very, very lucky about. And your parenting does change child to child. So the topic came up because Jessica mentioned that maybe she expects more. Um, of one child than another, or or is that expect something differently? And the question was, you know, is this right? Is it wrong? Is it working? What do you what? Where were you wondering about expectations and meeting their needs? I think with my oldest, because you know they are first, and I was I kind of always just expected her to kind of be my mini me. So it's like I always wanted to be the best. I was very competitive. And so I kind of put that pressure on her. Um, And she actually is that way, maybe even more so than I am. Um, And I don't know. I I just, with, with Sienna, who I guess she's just... I kind of... Well, let me go back. Let me backtrack. So with Ayla, I'm very hard on her. Um... But with Sienna, it's like she's younger. And when Ayla was that age, I allowed her to get away with more. But Mm -hmm. because Sienna, it's like I have to parent them at the same time. So I'm harder on Sienna, but I don't expect as much from her, if that makes any sense. Harder meaning stricter in your rules? Yes. And, and I don't let her get away with as much as I let Ayla, even to this day, get away with. And I think that... Um, that happens often with your firstborns because with your firstborns, I mean, it's a different, it's a, it's a complicated kind of expectation because you, it, it is your first time in a stage, and so you are very personally vested in being successful and doing it well and doing it right. At the same time, you have all that ambiguity of. But am I asking what I should be asking? Am I too hard? You have more guilt the first time yes. around. And so you're you're tougher, but you're soft. You're also yes. it's this contradiction. Totally. So what I heard Dana kind of say before was in the strictness with with one child, maybe it's like, well, maybe one child you lose it more in the sense of you get a little more frustrated or you get a little bit more um, impatient. Like, this is what I want. This is how I want it done. This is what I need from you. And you're not complying. And so you go into reactive mode. 
where another child you might sort of fall into an easier rhythm where you can it's it's and, and I think it's different with both of you, which is kind of interesting. I mean, I think Dana was saying that you're, you're, it's more frustrating with Sasha, yeah, because of temperament. But you're saying it's the second time you have a confidence, you have it. It's more black and white. You know what you want, and you're asking Sienna exactly what. I think I'm just almost expecting Sienna to be on the same page as Ayla. As far as responding to, like, discipline or respond, you know, I just, I don't have patience for her. Uh, I think that's what it is. you have more patience for Ayla. Right. Okay. So, okay. I'm the complete opposite. Uh, with Sloane, I You're the expect, only one with the boy in the room, Yeah, I expect a lot more out of her, you know, and when she goes to Evan's level of acting like a 20-month-old and whining or crying to get her way... I don't, I don't, I don't take it. It's just, you know, if you're older than that, you know better, you use your words. That's what I always tell her, you use your words. And uh, Evan hasn't been able to formulate the words as much as he would like to. Okay, yet. so, I got stuck on the use your words because I'm not good at using my words when I am angry, frustrated, impatient, mm-hmm. and explosive. And I'm a kinesthetic, very physical person. So before I'm ready to put it into the right words, I need to process it inside mm-hmm. and in a few bad ways, wrong ways first. And I want myself to have that freedom. So what I always say when we say to three-year-olds especially, because, I mean, we know how verbal they are and we know three-year-old girls, oh, they are just <laughs> masterful at negotiation, at social skills, and at, and at language. But what happens is, how do you, when you're, when you're really, really, really angry at your husband or your mother-in-law, and, and, and something comes out of your mouth that you know shouldn't come out of your mouth, or you're just stomping around like, I'm not gonna, and they're like, could you use your words? I mean, I think it's it's true. It's a it's horrible true. thing yeah. to say it to someone. Is. It is. It makes the, it, it worse. Of course, it makes it worse. Right. But so, it's the crying. It's the crying when you know that you're, they're older than that and the whining oh. and. Okay, but see, so we what we have to somehow walk a tightrope tonight, and it's between meeting their needs, age-appropriate expectations. However. We have to be very careful not to to, to say, like, mm, that thing you do annoys me. <laughs> but it's that thing you always do because it's who you are. And so what I wonder about is her whole frustration level went through the roof when Evan comes into the picture. And what the first thing you mentioned tonight, and it doesn't mean it's how you're doing it, but the first thing you said is, you're bigger than that. Yes. You're not him. Right. But somehow he's in this equation. Interesting. And yeah. so I want to say, maybe it's like, oh, is that what you would say if you were Evan? Or how do you shift it so that you can positive. meet before? Well, it's not like you're not accepting it. It's not positive in the sense of like, okay, like you can be whiny and you can be, you know, immature. I want to do the skill building, but I want to meet them where they are. And meeting them where they are is frustrated and 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 regress. See, I don't like the word regression because regret kids always cycle in that spiral: two steps forward, one step back. It's not regret. Development doesn't go in one linear direction. So what happens is, what looks like regression is 
no, I can't hold it together right now. I don't want to hold it together. My brother gets a lot of attention. My brother is getting, and maybe that's what Dana was saying before, is you're watching this sweetness and this acceptance and this generosity with a younger child. Um, and you, and then you become a little bit more edgy with the older ones. So then it, you might want to just say, you know what? I think you need a minute. I think you need a minute. Work that out. Let that out. And then see if you want to come back and tell me in a different way. The other thing she might say is, no, I don't. And say, okay, fine. You, could, you can have that responsibility on your own to sit in that because I'm not afraid of I'm not, I, it's okay for you to be in this moment. But, but the, I think what's gonna happen is they all want to grow. They, they don't wanna be stuck in those places. Then they will come to you in a more receptive way, like now show me how to move forward. And that's when you can say, now tell me again, what, were you, what did you want me to hear? Yeah. What did you want me to do? How can I fix it? Well, it's, it's actually interesting that you say that because um, Sloan oftentimes says, I'm not a baby, I'm a big girl. Yeah. And so I know that she wants to be treated as a big girl, and that's one of the things that we've, we've been working on, and it's that she doesn't want to go back and be a baby. She wants to move towards four. She wants to be a big girl, and that's the and thing. So, and so let her know, hold the thought, let her know you're on her side. A big girl isn't something outside of herself. Like in the potty training book, the one thing I always say is never say you're big girl because they can use that against you in this way that says, um, and I want to be big right now. And mm -hmm. that's when you see that dynamic come full speed. So when she says, I want to be big, some of it could be that pressure of, uh, I know this is what you want from me. I want to be what you want me to be, but I can't do it. And so then you're saying, now, what does a big girl need? And, and one of the most wonderful things ever said at this square table was a mom telling a little boy to be courageous and strong. And he said, because he's very verbal and very cognitive, and they talk a lot, I don't know how to be strong right now, Mommy. Hmm. And who has that? That's a, that's a hard thing for a child to say. But the bottom line is they don't know how to do it. They don't know how to be the big girl. Now what your next step is, how do I connect the dots to the behavior, to moving forward, to whatever that next thing is? So what were you going to say, Jessica? I don't want to go on a tangent away from this, but I just want to, you know, sometimes I think because you're not a firstborn, no. And so I am. Uh-huh. Are you? A, I'm the youngest. You're the youngest. Firstborns, married to firstborns, with firstborns, look out world. I'm married <laughs> to only child. There you go. That's a whole other level. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But my thing is, because Ayla's a firstborn and I'm a firstborn, sometimes I feel like I advocate for her because I, it's like I know what it is to be annoyed by the younger sibling. I know what it is to like... Ugh, just leave me alone. I'm happy in my moment playing by myself. Yes. So sometimes I want to just advocate for her and say, Sienna, stop for five seconds. Let your sister breathe. But, you know, on the other hand, she's, she's only 18 months. No, 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 no. I give you complete permission to, to come in and, and speak up for what Ayla wants in this situation. I mean, it can't be, oh, you gotta be nice to your sister. Um, that's always, because now you're gonna set a precedent, and as soon uh -huh. as they're, 
young toddlers, the little ones become 10 times more annoying because they know <laughs> how this works. Right. So what you want to say, and, and it's not to say you take one child's side at any time, all the time, but you use that insight. And whether you're the, the baby, the middle, the firstborn, whatever it is, we are capable of looking and going, what's going on here? Ayla's annoyed. And instead of going, don't be annoyed, you come right in with, oh, you want to finish what you're doing? I will help Sienna wait. And so put it into words. When you're in doubt of whatever to do, describe the moment. Just Hmm. describe what's going on. That gives you a long enough pause to then go... What else do, what do we need now once I've got a description, a neutral description without all my baggage of I got to protect the firstborn, I got to protect the baby, I've got to help the baby with get find her voice and not be treated, you know, without respect. There's all that stuff we bring to it. Right. So yeah, and you say to Sienna, you know what? I'm not going to let you stomp on her stuff or go and interrupt. Let's walk over. I'll help you come over and say can we watch? And, and, and even if you just start with that, now what's going to happen in that dynamic, though, is you're going to be with Sienna. Mm-hmm. So now Ayla's not sure which she's going to want. She's going to get thrown into a new dynamic, which is mom's with, the ba- with, with Sienna. I want to finish this, but I also want my mom. Right. She ends up usually inviting Sienna into the picture. Yes. That's kind of the typical outcome, and, which works. And it works. And so, and as long as you know she's doing it for herself and not for you, right. it's great. I mean, you, she doesn't have to do it to please you or to be the best big sister. She needs to do it to know who she is and what matters to her to be able to speak up for her needs. And if you can get them by the time they're four and five to be able to articulate, what do you need? I need a minute. And they can do it. I promise you, in the next year, you're three-year-olds will grow into four- and five-year-olds who in some very simple way will be able to tell you what they need at any given time. And and your goal, and I've probably said it a million times on this podcast, your goal is to teach them to think and feel at the same time. It's hard because adults don't think and feel at the same time. You know, it's like you, you want them to grow up, but I'm like, but sometimes I just want to be a baby too. And I want to have my moment to be to cry and to yes. scream and to have yes. my tantrum. But it's hard because we expect them to be like these mini adults. It's like my husband. He's like, just grow up. But I'm like, but <laughs> just grow up. Have you, have you looked at them? You know, so. But see, and that's, and knowing what you need when you need the tantrum, when you need the break, and when you start with that for yourself, now you're setting a precedent that if you can do it for yourself, you'll be able to do it for them. It's, it's big, but that emotional literacy and that emotional social, social skill building is going to be the foundation of becoming the kinds of adults that can, can be assertive and know who they are and be part of something bigger than themselves. Okay, so let's find out where Dana is in the, you know, how, because I love what you said in the beginning is, I worry about what each of them thinks about how I'm interacting with the other. Right. Um, well, you know, having that more coddling, sensitive, this is the baby um, demeanor with Ella. And I used to have that with Sasha 100% of the time, all the time. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I can recognize where she feels like, she's been replaced or she feels a little sad but at the next breath she also wants to be the big girl and um 
doesn't want her little sister playing with her things and she wants you know more of a voice also so it's it's a balance and you know you guys mentioned the word guilt you know I kind of <laughs> have a little bit of both with both children sure. I feel bad that I'm no longer 100% with Sasha and I feel bad that I gave so much to Sasha and Ella doesn't get as much as Sasha got during infancy so you can't win you can't <laughs> win and that's where you have to I mean I have a great so much sibling oh, yeah. story from class today um, and then I will ask each of you about your guilt but it's because <laughs> what it comes down to is if you can't win and you're getting up every morning feeling like you can't win right you're going to be you're going to get yourself in a frustrating cycle that they can't help you out of so you it comes to this thing that says now what have i done <laughs> what you know what am i taking away from each child and it really means sitting back and sitting with dad or sitting with friends and figuring out no no this is what i did and you know what it was a good decision even though there were check. There were things I. Uh, there were compromises, and there were wins, and there were. I mean, there's. It, it's not the same, it, and it's better in some ways and harder in others. But I promise you, you gave them a gift. It's okay, um, but the sibling story today is little one. He he's only eight months old. The older sister, who's two and a half, was feeding him. When when mom came back in the room, he pushed mom aside because he only wanted to be fed wow. by his older sister. That's how much the little ones love the older ones. So, yeah. yes, you know there's chaos around them. Yes, you know you don't give them the same amount of time. But they're getting quadruple and, and infinitely more time from their siblings and from this show that's going on all around them. Now, should we readjust, recalibrate the expectations we have on the older ones? Yeah. Yeah, because it's just really easy to look at your older ones like you're so big, you know so much, you've got so much going, and you probably, um, not that you expect too much, because I have a feeling that you're, you're, you have age-appropriate expectations. And we can come to really specifics about, can I ask this of them? Um, and, champ and I want you to have really high expectations, but I also want you to find that thing in that reservoir of your heart to say, mm -hmm. I also have more than enough unconditional love to accept you with your mistakes and your weaknesses and your flaws and your vulnerabilities. And that's part of the other reasons why we put this all together and how Dana got to the table is because we went to that workshop on resilience. And how do kids learn resilience? By making mistakes and knowing that they're loved through it. Hmm. So I don't want them to feel like the expectations are sabotaging them. I want the expectations there to show them how much more they can do and be that they didn't even realize because they never had to pour their own milk or they never had to self-manage themselves to get into the car or whatever struggle, get, to, get in and out of the bathtub. Or you said she struggles with transitions. She doesn't know that she's capable of making it through transitions or to get ready for the big excitement of a big party that can feel overwhelming. But I can show you that you can do it because I will be your partner. See, that's the trick. The, the expectations isn't I'm against you and I'm holding something outside of you. It is I will, I will show you how much you can accomplish and be masterful at and I'm on your side to connect the dots. So that's the etch-a-sketch out, the am I too hard.
No. But I can be kind and compassionate, which comes back to, to Jessica's point with the compassion towards yourself. Then you have it to accept them in the, in the messiness of the age that they're at. And three-year-old right. girls are like, you know, mess up the world because they do think they can rule the world. Okay, I'm talking more than in any other <laughs> podcast. So, um, Amy. I would say uh, going back to your guilt. I go to bed every night with guilt. I do. And it's, it's just, it's natural. And, you know, I've actually talked to my mother about this because, you know, I'm one of four. And she said the guilt never stops. You always have guilt. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what you do. You feel like you're giving more to one child than the other. You know, are, are you enjoying the moment as much as you should be? Yeah. And, you know, I, I told Jessica, Jessica had sometimes sent me pictures of the girls when they were a, a, year, a year ago. And I just sit there and I... I get upset about it because it's, it's going so fast. It's going so fast. And I feel like sometimes I just don't enjoy the moment as much as I should. So I go to bed with guilt for so many reasons. Okay. So here's what I want to say. How does the guilt affect your parenting? Um, in a good way. In a good way. It, because I feel like I give I give more. I turn that TV off. I... I engage with them much more on a, on a okay. different level. Because I do believe, and, and so to me, I want to say, bravo, you can use that well. Mm. Dana's guilt, I think, on the other hand, is the one that's making her feel like, oh, I mean, I'm feeling her, I'm feeling you more wrapped up in knots mm-hmm. versus the, oh, let me, let me make sure that I don't miss another moment. Right. Let me be more playful. Let me take 10 things out of the schedule. Two kinds of guilt. There's the one that makes you better. Mm-hmm. There's the one that says, cheese. You know, have I not said hello to my husband in four days? <laughs> Maybe I should just make eye contact when he tries to tell me a story. <laughs> so there is that there is that good guilt that says, you know, like I can make I need to make some adjustments because I've been on automatic pilot and I need to readjust. And then there's the negative guilt. Mm-hmm. And the negative guilt is if it if it's eating up the joy. And, and now this is your crisis. This is the crisis of all moms. I mean, this is, you know, seniors book, all parenting is all fun, all joy, no fun. You know, I can't, I, my, my whole mission in this world is to change that. I, I want to be your advocate. I want to allow you to go to that bed at night and go, oh gosh, that was the hardest day in the world. I screamed three times when I knew completely better not to do that. I knew that if I made that extra errand that I was going to lose it. And I know I should have said no to that, whatever that request was. But you know what? I really love being a mom, and I really love my kids. And so I'm going to let myself off the hook because if we can go to this messiness, because this is, this is why we exist in See Me, Hear Me, Love Me, because I don't want you trying to be perfect, and I don't want you trying to do this like some book parent. You get to be real. Well, it's just... Oh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, it's funny because with Ayla, when she... I just had her, I used to feel guilty because I wasn't giving enough time to my husband because he had me to himself for the... Well, we hadn't been together for that long, but it was just, you know, Todd and Jessica, 24-7, we had an amazing life, and all of a sudden, only child... Now he's not getting attention. So I used to feel very guilty. I wasn't, you know, fulfilling his expectation of what a 
a and good the way to the first mom of every the first year of every mom's life is is figuring that out. Oh my god, because yeah, it's hard. That for me, that balance and with Todd, I think our relationship was the most rock. Well, look, it goes it goes like this. After every new baby is interesting. Now with the third, it's just like all bets are off. It doesn't even matter if I see him. It doesn't matter if I don't see him. But. Yeah, we are going to have that dad podcast. The thing thing is, okay, so, like, then Sienna comes along. I was literally so nervous about giving birth to Sienna. Like, I didn't think that I would love her as much as I love Ayla. I mean, with Ayla, I didn't think I would love her as much as I love my dog. Let's be serious. My dog was, I I would go, I would look at Mochi, his name is Mochi, and I would say, I'm never going to love anybody more than you. (laughs) And then Ayla came along, and I can't tell my husband, but I think I love Ayla more than my dog. <laughs> and now, no, and then Sienna. Sienna, when I met her, I fell in love. And I said, it's all going to be okay. And I was like, I, I, st- I felt guilty, though, yeah. because I had this enormous love for another child. Yes. But then when I brought her home and I saw the two girls together, I said, see, this is what it's all about. And it was this amazing, beautiful thing. And I didn't feel like our family was whole without at least having two. That was for me. Yes. This last pregnancy, I I already, see, I never fell in love with my babies inside Mm -hmm. my womb. Mm -hmm. But with Juliet, I had a love for her already because I knew I would just love again. And the love wouldn't be less for my other kids. So I had no guilt with that. But then Juliet comes along, and I never see her. I literally see her maybe once every other day. I say, it's me. It's your mom. (laughs) You know who I am. You know. And that's my guilt. Mm -hmm. That's my guilt right now because, like, Ayla and Sienna, they get a good chunk of me. Juliet? She's got big chunks of everyone. Right. And I just say... But she's happy. So here's happy, but here's what I do want you to do, and it and it comes back to Dana's earliest earliest comments about um, the expectations for Sasha, and that is when you feel that, but I need more cuddle time, or I just want to make sure I have time with Juliet, then put that in your schedule. Put, put some ritual or some routine and in the schedule that says, oh, you know what? Juliet and I, are, we're just, this is our time. 20 minutes right. every day. Right. We're going to cuddle, you know, somewhere special. Well, it's funny because I used to do the one and only in the middle of the night feeding. Yeah. yeah and at yeah. six weeks, she was like, hey, mom, so I'm not going to wake up anymore in the middle of the night. And I lost that. 30 minutes with her. <laughs> See, and so she's here, but maybe she is really truly your peacemaker. She really is. And she is. really is here to say, she's so happy. I have enough, all is well. I mean, maybe it is. Yeah. And there is so much love coming from all different yeah. angles, but it's still, it's finding the balance. And then, like you said, it's treating them as individuals, which is really hard because you're still yourself parenting. So and you- that's, I mean, that's going to be the big philosophical question we're not going to answer, and we're almost out of time. So I, but because I do want to say there is that sense of you're the same parent or you're a different parent. And there I want to bring somehow, I don't know the answer to that. I mean, no one's ever said it quite like that to me. So I want you, I mean, I just leave you out with that thought that, I've always said all you ever really teach is yourself. So how do you give them each what they need by still being true to yourself? Because they do need that. Um, because what's going to happen is both of your—I ch- think that fairness question for your children, Dana, will be: 
I can give them both something different based on what they need, but I can still be solidly me doing it and say, I can be strict mom, I can be kind mom, I can be patient mom, I can be clear mom, you know? And, and the other thing that I want to say with expectations is please find a way, especially when you have those older children who are, who are feeling like the little ones are getting all the softness, make sure, and I used to say this when you have a baby, make a jar that says, oh, this is Sasha time, um, <laughs> so that what happens is, and you fill it together, we're going we're gonna to color side by side in our books for 10 minutes and these only have to be 10 minute activities we're going to have dance party for 10 minutes and so you know that there will be this time of day when you just get home from school or before bath when when you they can have your undivided attention so that they're getting that emotional need and that softness while you're still putting those high stress expectations on them that says yeah and you got to go to school and you got to go you've got to go do this and you got to put your backpack on and you've got, you can do all that because they do want to be big girls but you still want that softness in there so we're I want to do the wrap up and the wrap up is cuz I feel like we barely talked about anything but that's okay cuz we talked about everything and big philosophical stuff so in closing is you know, I adore all of you. You know that. I believe in you. And you do have this in, in amazing ways. I mean, you are thoughtful. You are kind. You are self-reflective parents growing and changing along with your children. So in closing, um, thinking about the questions that you came in with today, how do you have this? Not big picture, not forever, but what do you know that just for today or just for this week that you can feel really, really good about? I think it's for me. It's it's the smile on my child's face. You know, just seeing Sloane when she runs down the hall, coming coming out of the class and sees me, and just that love. You know, yeah. that sheer love. And then the same thing when when I come home and and Evan's been with the babysitter and just see him running towards me and going, ah! mm-hmm. it's just those faces, those smiles, that love. It's never gonna change. She's happy yeah. to say goodbye. Jessica. No, I think I think you're right. I think it's just like at the end of the day, you know. It, Sometimes they just, they know how to like strike that chord in you and you just want to strangle them a little bit. But then like the other day, I wasn't feeling good. I was really tired and I'm kind of against falling asleep on your kid's floor, (laughs) but I did it and I've kind of been doing it and I have to break the habit. But then Ayla rolls over, she puts her hands on me and she goes, mommy, I love you a lot. And I'm just like, oh, all right, I'll stay here forever. <laughs> but it's like those little moments okay. that just tell you, like, you know you're doing okay. You are, you are. And that's Mommy, all. I love you a lot. Yeah. Was- Dana? Um, I think the whole bedtime thing is a universal thing. I think we all feel like we've survived a day. We've had, like, ups and downs and chaos. But when you put them to bed and you're, like, laying them, laying with them and cuddling with them and they just kind of fall asleep and tell you know tell you they love you it just all feels worth it it's so unconditional no matter what when you tuck them in at night you get a fresh start the next day and they love you so much Mm -hmm. thanks moms you were rock stars (laughs) talk to you guys next week thanks for joining (laughs) us so that's the mess for today we appreciate you listening to see me hear me love me seeing little people learn and grow listening to parents taking a crazy uncertain journey Loving the fun and loving the mistakes. You write the rules, you write your story. We just want to be part of the conversation. But in the end, we know you got this. We'll catch you next week. Take care. Oh, 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 wait. 
we're growing too. So if you had a great time today, please spread the word to a friend. You can also join our conversation on Facebook. That's with Karen Deerwester. And there's great parenting resources for you at www.familytimeinc.com. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks to everyone at B'nai Torah Congregation for this lovely space. Thank you, David Dweck, for that sweet voiceover. And thanks to The Front and The Follow for the song Listen. We are listening. Thanks, everyone. See you next week.